Should I be respectful or should I say I told you so? <laughs> I got to go with I told you so. Charles Oliveira absolutely dominated Benil Darius just like we said he would. I mean, he absolutely dominated Benil Darius. Amanda Nunez retires as the GOAT. Iman Zahabi uh, was impressive last night. But all in all, you had a lot of decisions in a weak card at UFC 289. We got all these topics and a Vittori Cannoneer main card or main event prediction for next Saturday night. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from an undisclosed location. This is the community MMA with your host, Chris Cross. Boom, big right leg kick. Let's go, Wallace. Let's go. Oh, big right. Let's go. Yes. Let's go, Olives. Finish him, baby. Everybody's talking that smack like Olivera's done. Come on, Olives. Big right. Let's go. Step in there, ref. Couple hammer fists. Step in there, ref. Step in there, ref. Step in there. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. Man, oh man, oh man. It's a great day to be a UFC fan. It's a great day to be right. Last night, we ran the table in the main card for the second straight week. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I mean, in the UFC, anything can happen from week to week. But the bottom line is we ran the table getting all five fights in the main card two weeks in a row. Hey, that's impressive. And we'll take it because it doesn't always happen that way. But the trend continues. In the prelims, we get down a little bit. Really, we're just trying to stay 500, like three and three, four and four, something like that. Because we know if we get to the main card, we're more than likely uh, going to get three of the five or four of the six main card predictions right. And that's the way it went last night. Now, first and foremost, Amanda Nunez absolutely dominated the fight last night. I mean, it wasn't even close. It was kind of set to be that way as she was taking on Irene Aldana, who was 14-6, and six, so six losses in MMA as a professional. Has really no business being in there with Amanda Nunez. But we saw that Amanda Nunez is starting to slow down, right? Against Juliana Pena. You know, she lost, she came back and won the title, and now she has a retirement fight against Aldana. She cut the gloves off and retired, and she's going to be missed. I mean, she is going to be missed. And Dana White saying last night that they're probably going to scrap the women's featherweight division. I mean, we haven't seen a title fight there in, what, two years maybe? As she went back and forth with Pena, you had the ultimate fighter. Uh, a year ago, she hasn't fought in the featherweight division since then. So that division has just been on hold. And how many fighters are the UFC going to cut now or try to convince to move down to the women's bantamweight? And that's going to be tough for some of those fighters. So we'll have to wait till next week, and we might see in the next week or month uh, a lot of women's fighter, women fighters being cut. They're probably going to meet with them and say, hey, can you get down to Bantamweight? If not, we really don't have a place for you because that division hasn't been moving at all in a long time. And who knows who's on that list, but we'll find out. But the biggest fight last night, without question, could have been the main event, even though it wasn't a title fight, was Charles Oliveira and Benil Dariush. I mean, this was a fight that people were looking forward to. 
big lightweight division fight, number one versus number four, right? If Benil can win this fight, he's going to get a title shot, and we got some new energy in the division. Or Charles Oliveira is going to come in and win like he does against everyone else, and he's still the best lightweight fighter, not named Islam Mahachev. And if he wins, he probably gets the rematch. Even though he got dropped in the second round, you know, he, he's still trying to get back up there and get a rematch uh, of which he deserves. So here's how that fight played out last night. Well, it looks like we got some technical difficulties, so I'll, I'll get that pulled up. No big deal. And I know what happened. We changed the name, so we'll get it pulled up. But, you know, you, you have two guys that are both very good that, I mean, it can go either way, right? Charles Oliveira can take it to the ground. That's what he prefers. Or he can stand up and strike. And he kind of played both ends last night. And now we got it. Here's how it went down last night. Come on, Oliver, get off your back, man. They're using firm control right now on top. And he slams Oliver. And Oliver, you know, pulled Darius down two minutes ago and remained on his back ever since. Oh, and a nice up kick. And Oliver tries to get up, he gets up. Now the crowd's going crazy. Nice knee to the body. Come on, Oliver, this is your chance. Now Oliveira's got Darius pinned against the fence. Darius with the hands wrapped around, but Oliveira gets loose. Here we go, finally. It's been a good three minutes since we've been in the stand-up. Boom, big right leg kick. Let's go, Olives. Let's go. Oh, big right. Let's go. Yes, let's go, Olives. Finish him, baby. Everybody's talking that smack like Oliveira's done. Come on, Olives. Big right. Let's go. Step in there, ref. Couple hammer fists. Step in there, ref. Step in there, ref. Step in there. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. Charles Oliveira, first round finish, baby, over everybody, bro. He's finishing everybody, man. And Islam Mahachev, here we come again. I'll tell you what, he's exciting to watch, man. He is exciting to watch. The former champ is coming. And that, you know, everybody's saying that Darius is going to dominate Oliveira. I told you Oliveira would dominate him. He's still the best lightweight division fighter outside of Islam Mahachev. Boy, and the crowd is kind of shocked. Because everybody expected Darius to win this. And Charles Oliveira just rocked him. And at one point, Darius is covering up. And people underestimate the power of Charles Oliveira. As he sits atop the octagon. And now the crowd's going crazy. Giving Dubronx his respect. That's what I'm talking about. He's coming. So Charles Oliveira is going to get the win here. He's back. The Brazilian, he's going to move to 34 and nine with the first round KO over Benil Darius, who falls to 22 and five. And his mystique is gone here in the lightweight division at UFC 289. And as usual, everybody had a lot to say in the prediction. Chris Cross, you're crazy. You don't watch UFC. You don't know what you're talking about. The bottom line is in these tough fights, 
you can't just assume that Benil Dariush is going to come in and dominate Oliveira. When Oliveira has dominated the entire division, except Islam, who's a, a, a different animal. I mean, that guy's a different animal because Oliveira, if you saw last night, likes to go to the ground. He pulled guard on Dariush, went to his back, and he's comfortable down there. But then he quickly realized it's going to be tough on the ground against Dariush. So then he got back to his feet and said, forget it, let's strike. And that's what he's got to do against Islam. He's got to defend the takedown. Forget going to the ground against Islam. He's going to beat you on the ground. You saw what Volkanovski did. He went five rounds with him. He said, when I get taken down, I will get back up. He did. And then as you get into the third and fourth rounds, now uh, Islam is not as much, uh, doesn't have the ability to land the takedowns because he starts getting tired. So you got to drag Islam into deep waters. You just got to get through the first three rounds. And then you can finish them in the fourth and fifth. Because when Oliveira hits you, it's different than any other lightweight. And both of those guys last night look like middleweights almost, but at least welterweights. You know, you see other lightweight fights and it's fast and guys are rolling around on the ground and there's a lot of technique. Oliveira and Darius get in there to look like welterweights who squeeze down into lightweight. And Oliveira weighed in at 154. I mean, it's crazy. But nonetheless, Charles Oliveira got the big win. And yeah, I told you so. So you had some other big fights, a lot of decisions last night, but Mike Mallett did the darn thing last night. Check this out. And a nice upkick there by Mike Mallott early in round two. Adam Fuga continues coming forward, though. Ooh, it misses with a big left leg kick. Now both fighters trading kicks. So about five kicks to start. A big right and left by Mike Mallett. Let's go. Finish him. Oh, he's got it. He locks it in on the ground. Guillotine. Oh, and he's got the leg wrapped around. He's in trouble. Fu gets in trouble when he taps. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Three in a row in the main card. That's what I'm talking about. And the crowd is going crazy for Mike Malat. Yeah, and three in a row would turn into five in a row with the wins of Oliveira and Amanda Nunez. So, you know, Danny Ige got the job done as well. Beating Nate Landwehr. Mark andre Barriol beat Eric Anders. And that was a great fight to, to kick it off. But you had two decisions in the main card. And you're like, oh gosh, here we go. Because, what, eight of the first nine fights, seven of the first eight, I should say, were decisions. Well, six of the first eight. Because you had a no contest between a Mavov and Chris Curtis. And a Mavov was on his way to victory. Jasmine Jazuda Vicious beat Miranda Maverick. We missed that one. Um, but one we did not miss, miss was uh, Aman Sahabi. He made his presence felt last night for sure. Kalein doing a good job so far with the jab, keeping his distance with Sahabi, obviously with the power at any time, could cash in. So 50 seconds into this fight now. And Zahabi not throwing a lot. It looks like he's just timing it up for that one big pop. But don't worry, Kalang. Oh, a big left! Zahabi puts his hands up. He's got to keep fighting. And he does, and it's over. Dang! Big left hand by Aman Zahabi. And I don't know that a lot of people saw this coming. Aori Kalang, a 
pretty good fighter. You see the crowd on their feet. They're pumped. And man, Zahabi's going to get the big win here in front of the Canadian crowd, and they're pumped up. And look at Aori Kalang. He thinks the fight's just starting. Wow. And Aori Kalang, like, put his hands up like he thought the fight was starting. That's crazy. But they sit him down. They're going to work on him. He's going to be fine. But, man, you see this. He kind of whiffs on the big right and then boom with the left. Yeah. And see, when he throws the right, the hands of Kulang drop and then he gets dropped. And this fight is over. So I'm on Zahabi. Lifts the crowd up here with a big win. He gets a standing ovation. And he, yeah, so Aman Zahabi got the win. And all in all, a good night for us. Uh, seven, three, and one. And we'll take it. And here's how it looked last night. Uh, you know, you start the night with Diana Belbita getting the win. Then we lose to Vorak. Then we get Kyle Nelson. I can't believe we, we took Aori Kalang. So we're 2-2. Two and two. Then Miranda Maverick loses. We're 2-3. and three. Chris Curtis, no contest. So we're 2-3-1. and one. Then we go on the run as per usual. Marc-Andre Berriol gets the win. Dan Ige wins. Mike Malat wins. Oliveira wins. Nunez wins. We run the table in the main card. So 7-3-1 and one on the night. 15-4 and four in the main event. 145-80-4 and four on the year. So we'll take that and we'll put that record up uh, against anybody. You know, searching through YouTube, I mean, we got the lead right now. Looking at everybody. I mean, that includes fight night picks. That includes everybody. Although, I, I got to look again because they were pretty close uh, to me, both of them, on fight night picks. So they're probably real close. They might have 142, 143 wins on the year. We got 145. Um, but we did have one bad card, and then we came back with two or three in a row uh, that were pretty impressive now. Seven, three, and one in 11 fights. We'll absolutely take that every time so all in all uh, a good night last night uh, for us and now we just continue marching forward we got another big week coming up but also as per usual we have to update uh, the do list we got to update the do list got to right because now Oliver is back so what happens what happens get this thing back all right so Charles Oliveira jumps five spots back up to number eight and you see Islam at three so normally we're going to say Islam's going to win that fight because he's higher in the do list but we got some time we might have to make some moves because I'm not so sure Islam wins a rematch he should but I'm not so sure Hamza still number one Jones two Islam three Yuri four Serling still five he's got a big fight coming up against uh what number 12 Sean O'Malley Colby still in there, Adesanya, Oliveira, and you see we got Colby ahead of Edwards. So that means we're going with Colby in that matchup whenever that thing's announced, for sure. The one that hurt me is that we had to drop Jamal Hill to 11, because I think he's in the top 10, I just don't know where to fit him. O'Malley 12, Bo Nickel 13, and arriving on the do list, Alex Caceres at number 20. This guy has won 7 of 8 fights after starting 14 and 12. Now he's like 21 and 13, I believe. So that guy's on the rise. I don't know if he'll ever be a champion or even contend, but 
you know, his run is impressive and I like the guy, so he's got to be on there. Make no mistake about it. So big middleweight main event this week between Vittori and Cannonier. We're getting into that prediction in a moment, but you still got more Hamza news as Dana White says he's not going to fight Usman. Doesn't look good because Usman won't go to 185. Andrew Smith says Colby is getting the shot because none of the top contenders took advantage of his year-long hiatus uh, and fought each other. Colby has earned it and his performances in the octagon. He puts on a show inside of and outside the octagon every time he fights. He also stepped in on short notice as a backup for Usman Leon 3. Well, who won it? And although that itself is not enough, it still counts for something. You got to look at the whole career and not base everything from a one-year time span in which he got uh, hurt from someone who uh, he just recently beat inside the octagon. Yeah, but he beat Jorge Masvidal. Fine, that's a big win. And Tyrone Woodley. I mean, that's it, I think. That's it. He's just lingering at the top. And I'm not even so sure he should, should still be the, uh, well, really the number two contender behind Usman. I'm not so sure. But the bottom line is, is nobody knows who Hamza is fighting. Dana White said it, it's not going to happen between Usman and Hamza. He says, no, completely not true. We have a plan for Hamza. And when we're ready to announce it, we will, he said last night in the post-fight press conference, I believe. Or he might have said this earlier. He says, I don't know what Usman's going to do right now. Usman's still making some decisions. You know, he wants to fight Hamza, but doesn't want to fight at 185. And I'm not doing a catch weight. So that's how that thing stands. And we'll continue to wait uh, to see who Hamza fights. But after two minutes in the octagon and nearly 15 months, uh, people are scratching their heads right now. Unless they're going to wait on Colby Leon to fight and give him the winner uh, of that fight. That's the only thing I can think of. But as promised, got a big prediction between Marvin Vittori and Jared Cannonier for this Saturday night, the next main event. In the middleweight division at UFC Vegas 75, got two top contenders in Marvin Vittori and Jared Cannonier set the lock horns. Vittori, 19 and 6. Cannoneer, 16 and 6. You can see why this is a good one. Vittori is slight favorite, but it's almost 50 50. Vittori is one inch taller at six feet. Uh, he's considerably younger, 29 versus a 39 year old Cannoneer. I didn't realize Cannoneer was that old. Cannoneer's got a four inch reach advantage, 78 to 74. He's a switch dance fighter. Vittori is a southpaw or left hander. Both guys. At least four significant strikes, so four exactly uh, per minute for Cannoneer, 4.4 for Vittori, so it's really close there. But Vittori uh, likes to take the fight to the ground if he can. He lands nearly two takedowns over the course of three rounds. Should this go five, he's looking at three or four. Uh, and what that means is the takedown defense for Cannoneer is important. It's 64%, which is right about average. Now, Vittori is a 75% takedown defense, but that shouldn't matter in this fight, and it would be good enough in any fight. Now, Vittori's coming off a big win over Roman Delice, a guy that many people thought would beat him. Before that, he lost to Robert Whitaker by decision uh, in a fight that he got dominated, 74-33 to 33 in significant strikes. He also beat Paulo Costa by decision. This guy is a decision machine, beating the likes of Kevin Holland uh, and Jack Hermanson, his last win, uh, was a submission victory over Carl Robertson. Now, Jared Cannonier in a similar boat. 
He lost Adesanya uh, by decision for the title, but performed well. 116 to 90 in significant strikes, not bad. He beat Sean Strickland by split decision, beat Derek Brunson by KO, beat Kelvin Gastelum by unanimous decision. He also lost to Robert Whitaker, 69 to 53 uh, in significant strikes. So it's going to be a close fight. I'd really like to go with Jared Cannonier, but I just don't think he's going to get the job done. I think the six-foot Vittori has an advantage in height. He's given up some length, but he's going to get into the body, find a way, find ways to get takedowns, limit Cannonier's striking ability. And you should see Vittori with a, about five to seven minutes of control time on three or four takedowns. Uh, Cannonier won't maintain the four significant strikes per minute, which will be about 100 significant strikes in this fight. He'll probably be closer to 60 or 70, but Tori will be close to 100. So he's going to win in control time. He's going to win round by round. He's going to win in significant strikes. I like Vittori to pull this thing out and move to 20 and 6. I think the guy's ceiling is still higher than what it is now. But he wins here in middleweight division, your main event at UFC Vegas 75. Yeah, so we'll take Vittori and put the 15 and 4 record on the line, right, in terms of the main event. So Vittori wins, in my opinion. He's the better fighter. Cannonier does have a longer reach, but he's not going to be able to defend the takedowns against Vittori. If this thing stays standing, Vittori still wins. But if Vittori can land takedowns, he'll pull away. And I'd love to see Vittori get the finish. I'd love to see Vittori get the finish. But I think he wins regardless in dominating fashion. Now, as we jump into the Q&A, Kay says, Gaining knows Hamza will maul Izzy in the first two rounds, and that's why they're avoiding him. Yeah. They don't want to put Izzy up against Hamza until they have to, right? This is why it's Robert Whitaker versus Strikis, and they're not letting Hamza fight in the middleweight because they know he'll get ranked real quick and start calling out Izzy, right? They have a reason to avoid him when he's not ranked. That's just the way it is right now. It's terrible, but that's the way it is. Mark DeJong says, after all is done and Hamza retires as the GOAT, first ever three-belt champ, we'll know that we were the first ones to believe in him from day one. Day Miami says, Hamza. Someone please fight Hamza. They are afraid. And you can see most of the comments in our comment section, the Q&A, always are about Hamza, for better uh, or for worse. Christopher says, appreciate your breakdowns. You do a fantastic job. I shared your channel in my Discord and let them know they got to come check you out. Thanks again, brother. And Christopher, much love, man. I appreciate that. We tried to get on the Discord, but me and social media just don't mix. I just don't have the time. Outside of YouTube. I even tried Twitter for a while, but I just, you know, I like to do the video thing, man. Satra says, I was as happy and excited as you were. Hopefully he fights Islam next. Speaking of Charles Oliveira. So, yeah, I mean, Charles Oliveira getting the job done last night, man. Very happy. Very excited. Didn't know which way it would go. I thought Benil would put up a better fight, uh, but he didn't. Kenneth Bruner says, Hamza, value keeps rising. Just ordered my smesh hat. From his new online store. Hamza is ready to go. He is still with All-Stars despite the gossip. Craig says Hamza legit has potential to be triple champ. Or at least double champ. Something that Colby can only dream of. SS Tech. Change up your channel content man. Try something new. I've been following for a while. You got a potential. But you need to change up the delivery and the content of UFC. And I guess I'm just setting my ways man. I guess I'm just setting my ways. You know, I try to listen to what you guys are telling me. So maybe we'll switch some things up. We'll see. 
it takes a little work and the tough part is just trying to find time. You know, when you change up your style and content, it's going to take some time. So eventually we'll get to that. But right now we're content uh, with the way things are going. So Hamza on hold, Colby versus Leon next, Charles Oliveira versus Islam looks to be next. Or shall we say Islam versus Charles Oliveira this time? Because he is the champ. So let's give the champ his respect and his due. But I can't wait to see that fight. Even if Oliveira goes down again, that fight is highly, highly intriguing. But nonetheless, we got to wrap things up. It's been a great show. Charles Oliveira did not let down last night. And we are excited about that. And what's funny is everyone disappears when we're right. Man. But you know what? I'd rather be right and everyone disappear. Speaking of disappearing, this is your boy Chris Cross. Hope you have a great day and God bless. Peace.